Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Leticia. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Komodo Health, Health Podcast. On this podcast, we encourage wellness and inner growth. If you're looking for a safe space for shared human experience, look no further. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hey, welcome back to another episode. And if this is your first time listening to us, welcome to the Kimono Health Podcast. And we're excited to dive back into this conversation, marriage in our generation. So this is part two. If you haven't listened to part one, please pause this episode and go back to part one and listen to it and then come back to this one. As you all know, this topic is very interesting to me. I always have a lot to say about marriage. So I thought, why not talk about this on this platform and let us all share our wisdom, our ideas, our thoughts about marriage. And thank you so much to all of you who sent your responses to the question of part one of this topic. Truly appreciate it. And yeah. Leticia, how do you feel being back for part two? I'm excited because, you know, I always have so much to say. So let's dive into it. Yeah. So we're going to start off by talking about pressure to get married. Oh, I'm so pressured. The pressure is getting worse. <laughs> so let's talk about the pressure of getting married. I feel like the pressure to get married is like top two and not two reason why people feel the need to engage in such a lifelong serious commitment it always has to do with pressure so i think i just want to dive into that first and foremost we're gonna dive there with our heads first let's see what do you have to say about the pressure that people experience i thought it was just maybe the older generation but even our generation is going through the same pressure to get married. You know, first and foremost, I've never understood pressure. Like, it's your life. You have the final say and you choose, you know, what comes in, what comes out. You know, you make the decisions. So I've never understood pressure. Like, I don't understand the pressure from the parents, pressure from your society, from your community. Like, I don't, I don't understand that pressure. Like, I know it's around, but like, why is it consuming you? It's because marriage is still highly regarded as a symbol of social status. So even for your parents, they see it as a social status. They want you to get married because they feel like it will elevate not only you, but it will also elevate them mm. as parents who have married off their children. Mm. And for that reason, the pressure is all around. And from my perspective, married people seem to be treated with a lot more respect mm. because of that elevated status, right? Mm. So I think that's where the pressure comes in from your parents, grandparents, from your friends, from your aunts, uncle, whoever it may be. That's where the pressure comes in. Because, you know, there's some people who, they just want companionship. 
you know they want to be loved and they want to love um i get them but the ones who like are applying pressure or being applied pressure oh that makes me so sad i'm not going to lie really that 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 breaks me because usually when people get into marriage because of pressure it's usually not a good marriage yeah mm. like it always ends with regret and mm. even sometimes resentment mm-hmm. because you didn't do it for yourself but you did it because you felt pressured to do so and then once you're in it it's like oh my gosh i could have just waited mm-hmm. i could have just stood firm and waited but it's not easy it, especially if you have parents who are standing on your neck to do it mm-hmm. it's really not an easy thing to just be like i'm i'm not gonna follow the pressure mm. i'm not gonna do this for you it's not easy if you have parents who are strict who even weigh down on your mental health it's you really have to be strong enough to not let the pressure get make, to you. yeah mm-hmm. get to you and make you make that horrible decision mm-hmm. and as i said it also adds to your social status. People want to feel good. People want to feel respected. People want to walk in a room with their wife or husband. You know, people have this image of like, imagine me walking to a room with my man. Mm-hmm. Imagine me walking to a room with my woman. You know, mm-hmm. people have that thing and we're married. I don't know. It just, people feel very elevated. But I think if you, you have to wait until you are happy with yourself mm-hmm. You're happy with being alone. Mm -hmm. You are content. Mm -hmm. And then be open to be with someone else. Then to just do it because you feel pressure. A hundred percent. Because like when you're content with yourself, you're in a place of peace with yourself. You show up as your best self and therefore you are able to love the way you want to love. Exactly. Exactly. I just wish more people would think of it that way. And just act on that. And just to add on, I I always tell this to Sarah and my other siblings, that when you're picking a life partner, you're not just picking your husband or your wife. You're choosing the mother or the father of your kids. And that's why I think is very important. Like, who who's going to be the father figure or the mother figure of my children? You know, I'm not just making this decision for myself. But if I choose to have offspring, I'm also making this decision for them. So I think it's a decision that, not even I think, I believe it's a decision that you have to thoroughly think through. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you're having a hard marriage, you don't want to bring the kids into this as well. Like they didn't ask to be in this mess, yet you brought them in it and you you know they have to deal with it now so you have to be healthy for the both of you in order to also be healthy for your offsprings if you choose to have them and also for your external environment you know for your friends the way you'll show up for your family because if you're not content in your marriage you're most likely not going to show up in your other uh, groups as you're supposed to and yeah, I don't think it's fair to yourself or the people around you. Absolutely. And sometimes people get so scared. So people create these borders because they don't want you to see what their marriage is like. 
you know and it's like some yeah i know there's some people who are malicious and they're gonna want to run with it and be like oh she's so miserable he's so miserable but sometimes you know there's just certain people who generally care about you and they want the best for you so when you know they want to step in and give you a piece of advice so you know just have a conversation with you it it can't happen because you've set these borders so high because you're so scared of people seeing that what you guys have is not magical yeah and sometimes people pretend to make it look magical but in them pretending you can always see the reality of what their marriage looks like but that behavior is always encouraged i mean you'll hear a lot at bridal showers and parties where it's like don't yes you can't talk about your marriage with every tom dick and harry that's out there but if you notice at most uh, bridal showers that we've ever been to they always encourage women to not speak about what's their marital issues because they say that's how you protect your marriage yes but in this so like even if you're suffering even if you're suffering don't talk to anyone about it but it stays between you and your partner but in this case for example sarah you see how you and i have we we're growing up together and we share a lot of things together it gets to a point where like if you get married now and things are not going well you shut me out and you know who i am you know how i love you and how i care for you why would you do that because that behavior is encouraged. People tell but you I, and say... But I wouldn't laugh at you. They say, I no, want you the tell, best for you. If you tell your sisters, or even if you have a good connection with your mom, like if you tell your mom, if you tell this, and even for him as well, if you, he goes and tells, you know, his homies or whatever, like, you shouldn't do that. I agree with what you're saying. 100%. I do agree I with what, you're, what saying. you're saying. Yeah, I do agree. But at the same time, it's mostly encouraged to keep quiet about the issues in your marriage. Because from, like, my understanding and stuff, like, when someone is not really content in their marriage and it's not going as they wished for it to have gone, I feel that it really does affect the other relationships. Not just friendships, but, like, even with your siblings, with your parents, with your community at large this person becomes different Mm -hmm. and there's a border that you just cannot cross not even as a sibling to be like let me step up because i love you and i want the best for you and for me that makes me sad Mm. Yeah. yeah because sarah if you were going through a marriage that i can just see that it's sucking the life out of you you don't have love for the things that you normally have love for you can't show up for life as your sister that is concerning to me that breaks me and i want to help you and people don't want to be helped because they want to protect their marriages at what cost like if you have someone that you can trust why not like work through it maybe you feel ashamed so it's like the behavior is encouraged. Don't speak to anyone about it. But at the same time, people feel ashamed. Because, for example, Sarah, let's say you want to get with a guy who has multiple red flags. And before you get into this marriage, I give you all the warnings, all the signs. And then you're like, no, he's okay. Then you go in there and now you're suffering. As your sister, because I love you, I'm not going to come and say, I told but you so. But I'll be embarrassed. You will be embarrassed. I won't 100%. lie. I will be you embarrassed. Will. But 
it's such a big wound that I wouldn't say I told you so. I wouldn't rub it in your face because it's something painful. Like there's yeah, different things where you can rub it in true. people's face. Like small things you can be like, I told you so, but this is not something small. Yeah, that's true. I will true. literally listen and I will show up. It's true, but the shame is still there. I know that you've created a space of safety for me mm. to come tell you that okay, this guy is really acting up. My husband is not who I thought I was marrying. Yes, but the shame is still there to be able to look at you in the eyes and be like, girl, I flopped. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Like, the shame is there. Like, you know, when you experience shame, Mm. you know how hard it is to just tell somebody about that. But the power comes into actually telling someone exactly and then once we work through that in Mm -hmm. the end you'll be like i'm glad i I did did that that. i did that yeah because i know and i always tell you this i always say we only have this one life to do this one thing right like this like life just comes once it's not like a test that if you fail there's another opportunity you can do it's not like if i die i can come and say okay i learned from my mistakes let me do things differently this life is only lived once you know so why not just do it out of love doing what we love and doing it right i don't know if i make sense mm, like you do. it's just once guys at what cost yeah that's yeah. that's just me no i totally get what you're saying yeah. I'm just trying to speak from the perspective, perspective of other people who, you know, think yeah. a little bit different to what yeah. you've just said. So now let's move on to the impact of in-laws in marriage. Dun, dun, dun. So I read something really interesting. So there was a study done and this study, they found that men who said they were close to their in-laws were 20% less likely to divorce, while women who said they were close to their in-laws were actually 20% more likely to get a divorce. Isn't that crazy? So as the wife, if you're close to the man's side of the family and like they're all up in your business, you're most likely going to get a, a divorce. But if the man is close to the woman's side of the family, then they're most likely to ha- live happily ever after. Isn't that crazy? So it's the man's side of the family that brings all the trouble. <laughs> and you know, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that it's the man's side that always brings the drama and the problem. Because I don't know if you've noticed even when it comes to the mother of the bride and the mother of the groom, mm. there's a power imbalance like the mother of the bride feels like she should shrink and be so grateful and the mother of the groom is the queen mother yeah she's like they yeah, you know like ruling the, the place yeah it's like the bride and her family have to be very grateful that you know the man more like the 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 family of the bride has to be or have sorry for my grammar have to be submissive. Yes. Like they're more submissive. Yes. To the family of the groom. Yeah. Yeah. Because the mother of 
the groom is always like my son like she speaks of him as a yeah. trophy as a you know like the special person but with the woman it's more like she has to be humble she's being favored and yeah. so because of that i feel like they feel like they have the authority and the power to come bully you to manipulate you because it's their son mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and boundary is so important mm. like you have to place boundaries i think you have to keep in-laws mm. at an arm's length length mm. both the husband and the wife mm. i mean it's good to be united and connected with both families that yeah. is a beautiful thing i wish that for everyone yeah but for peace sake because human beings will always be human beings and with are human beings there'll always be people who are a little different mm-hmm. who will cause trouble mm-hmm. so i think it it's always good to keep in-laws at an arm's length but sarah if you realize the bride's family always treats the boy like their own like they care for him like they treat him like He's our own. But like as a woman, when you go to your in-laws, they mm. always kind of remind you in a way like you are an in-law. You're not yeah. one of us. Yeah. So I think that's why it's very easy for the man to be a part of the woman's side of the yeah. family and not the woman being a part of his because you're always reminded yeah. you're an in-law. There's certain responsibilities and duties yeah. that you have to like. Yeah. If you go to his house, it's like you can't just sit. You have to be in the kitchen doing something. Yeah. Or you must, you know show that you're a wife and you're responsible but with him he can come to your house and just chill yeah he can just chill (laughs) yeah i think because favors just always go to men yeah favors always just go to men and us women we're always like put at the back right at the back so even with this yeah i don't know how i'd have to deal with my in-laws like i'm so scared to have to deal with difficult in-laws. Mm. I think it's something that I fear. Mm. And I'd always just pray to God that, yes, obviously it's not going to be perfect, but just let it be okay and mm. let boundaries be respected and that kind of stuff. I Yeah, you know, that's my wish too because, for example, if my family is being problematic, I know how to deal with my family. Yes. I will deal with you because you're my family. Exactly. And at the end of the day, it's like, you're my family. You know, we're going to fix things up. Yeah. But if it's like an in-law, it's like, how do I deal with you? Like, yes, I have to deal mm-hmm. with you, but I don't want to deal with you because mm-hmm. we don't grow up like that. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, with certain family members, even you have to cut them out. But with an in-law, like if you had to cut them out, it becomes like... You just started World War. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, moving right along. I want to get get into this part of the conversation that is... Like, it's so interesting. I'm still trying to understand this. And I just want someone who has done this to come to me and explain to me the logic behind this. Maybe I'll get it. But for now, I don't get it. Some women, when they get married, they feel the need to let go of their single friends or other friends or friends who they feel like don't live up to their new position Mm. in life right Mm. and sometimes when people get married it actually like highlights the resentment that has always been there between friends Mm -hmm. but was like hidden but not because of this person getting married. It's like all these emotions are out and it's just easier to release the resentment. Mm. Do you think that's true? 
mm-hmm, 100% I think that's true yeah yeah um when you know what I realized the moment you know if your friends are really your friends when you guys start getting married start getting jobs start having kids because for some people it becomes a competition it becomes competitive is my husband better than yours Am I having kids before you? Is my kid going to private school? Am I making more money than you? When it becomes competitive, that's when it becomes a problem. And that's where the whole I'm better than you, cutting people off comes in. But if there's genuine love in there, I don't think you would cut people off. Yeah. Yeah. I just want someone who has done that to explain to me the logic behind that. Like, I'm very curious. I just think they think they're better. If you're listening to this podcast and you have done this you've cut off you've let go of friends who you felt that weren't on the same level as you what was the logic behind that are you satisfied with your decision do you feel that it has made your life a little bit better like what is you know you know what i think it is right you feel like because you're getting this elite title you're about to be an elite person and then you cut off all these people and you act all dramatic and then Two weeks into your marriage, you wake up and you realize, damn, I'm still the same person. I'm just a wife now. I don't know if I make sense. Yeah. Like, nothing about you yeah. changes except the fact that you now have a title of a wife. Yeah. And you have a partner. Yeah. But besides that, what changes? Like your hair is still the same, yeah. your body's still the same. And when you realize that you're still the same person and you didn't have some fairy tale transformation, I think that's when shame also kicks in. Yeah. And so because shame kicks in, you push those friends, your single friends or whoever you thought was below you, you kick them even further away because you, you realize that, damn, I'm still the same person and you feel ashamed yeah. and you don't want them to see the shame that you're experiencing. Yes. So you push them away so that they somehow think that, yeah, maybe, sh- you know, like, she's better or something. Yeah. I don't know if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I've heard of people who actually humble themselves and, like go back to their former friends and like i don't know what i was thinking when i did that i thought that my life is changing this and this and that but then i realized that no i actually needed you in my life Mm -hmm. and stuff i've actually seen people like tell those type of stories and it's just it's so crazy to me and for some women they feel like their friends are there temporarily Mm -hmm. for when a man comes then the man takes the permanent space. Mm. It's like they don't need you anymore. So, for example, like just the way we are, let's say we weren't sisters and Mm. we were like just friends, best friends or whatever. You're in my life temporarily for until I get a man. So everything that I'm doing with you, like everything that I share with you, every little secret or like everywhere we go, our favorite coffee place, Mm. our favorite uh, movie place or whatever, all that stuff, I now take all of those activities all that love i give it to my man because now i'm doing all that with my man i don't need you anymore i'm going to my favorite coffee place with my man i don't need you anymore but that's then, why some women but do, do you that. know that you know when they start to do that they don't actually realize that in the long run they actually become very miserable yes because they end up losing themselves yes and i've always told you this sarah i say that 
you need different kinds of relationships in your life and that's what helps balance it out you need the relationship with your siblings if you have you need a relationship with your friends if you have you need a relationship with your colleague they're all at different levels but you need those different interactions you can't just solely live with just my man my man my man eventually you get lost in it and mm -hmm. you get miserable in it and he too gets miserable yeah like i've always said to sarah maybe i'm talking too much i don't know but if my man liked having game nights with his friends i feel like in a month we can put aside like two saturdays or one i don't know where he gets to have time with his guys and then we put a saturday one or two aside where i also get to be with my friends you know yeah like let's make time for the different people in our lives yeah. because we are together 24-7. We need sometimes space from each other in order to miss each other a little yeah. to just keep that fire alive, yeah. you know? And it's not just even keeping some time away for your friends. It's also like making time for your extended family. Exactly. And then you also have time where you spend together as a family with your offsprings if you have them. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just about balancing everything mm. and not exaggerating. Because the moment you just exaggerate stuff, our emotions get overwhelmed. Yeah. We are people who get overwhelmed. We can't be in an extreme in anything in our lives. We always need a balance. That's how us humans operate. The moment you exceed you go over or you go way under you don't survive mm -hmm. we always just need a balance yeah yeah i wonder if men do this too i wonder if men cut off their friends i feel like most men sometimes are forced to cut out their friends because of their wives like the wife will be like i don't like it when you hang around with johnny like i don't mm -hmm. know if it makes sense i hate it when johnny comes you always you know yeah. and then eventually he's gonna have to cut out johnny because of his wife if i make yeah. sense yeah yeah, yeah. I, I always think of it that way yeah but i don't know if men do that if you guys know of any men if you're a man and you've done that you got married and you decided you know what i'm done with these friends please let us know let's keep this conversation going so now I want to talk about something that I think... But before, I, I just blame yeah. that on the woman. There are also toxic men who don't want you to be friends with certain women in your life anymore. Mm. Like, I don't like that friend of That's yours. A good I point. don't want her around. So it plays both ways, you know. And for me, it's like, if you found me with my friends and I found you with your friends, let's leave it at that. But let's say if I really do have a toxic friend, like, mm, Letizia, this girl is manipulating you or whatever, yeah. then let's have a conversation. But if it's just for your own ego, like, you don't want these girls in my life, no, sit down, sir. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay, so now let's talk about the benefits of premarital counseling, which I think is super important i would do premarital counseling even if there was no issues between me and my partner like even if everything was sailing smoothly or whatever and we do have like the normal conflict that every couple has but other than that our relationship is healthy i would still have premarital counseling and 100%. i would advise everyone else and their mama to do that mm -hmm. because i think there's some great benefits to it i did some research and these are some of the benefits of uh premarital counseling um number one you learn constructive communication communication is so important in every 
single relationship. And communication is so important because when people don't communicate properly, things get lost in translation. Mm -hmm. And then there's just so many issues that could happen just because you guys don't know how to communicate. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is you develop conflict resolution skills. This is beautiful because when there is an issue, it should be me and you against that issue, not me against you. Mm. We're not fighting against each other. We're fighting against that issue. What can we do to resolve this problem? Mm. How can we get it at a space where we are okay when it comes to this issue? It's not now we start pointing fingers at each other to see who's the best at winning arguments. Mm. I can win arguments better than you this this and this no and then number three um focus on positive aspects of your relationship of your marriage that is very beautiful because sometimes you might just think of all the negative stuff that's happening but you know there's beautiful and positive stuff in relationships as well mm. and for someone like me who has a really negative viewpoint on marriage this would be beneficial to for me mm. right mm. And then you have, uh, it also helps eliminate dysfunctional behavior. It helps build decision-making processes and it alleviates fears related to marriage. So that is me. This is talking to me. Mm. Like, I am so fearful of marriage. Like, I feel like even if I get a healthy partner, I'll probably still act a bit crazy. Yeah. To a point where it becomes toxic mm. for them and i don't want my partner to go through that just because i have a, a negative viewpoint on marriage so yeah mm -hmm. i agree i always say prevention is better than cure so let's prevent it before we get into it yeah and if we do get into it at least we know how to handle it exactly and if they still like issues when we like when we marry because issues do come mm -hmm. maybe the first five years might be perfect but once you maybe reach they call it the the each seven mm. apparently the seventh year of marriage is where people feel like they need to divorce and things feel a bit funny then at least we still have something to fall upon on like someone counseling us and helping us through those issues mm -hmm. so that we just live healthy for each other i don't understand partners who refuse counseling like i don't understand like sometimes i'll be watching tv and like and it's usually men men are usually the ones who have a problem with this like mm. the wife will be like i think we should get help from someone else to help us resolve and it's beneficial mm. why are you refusing i don't understand why like what does it do to men mm. i just i don't get it but if you're a man listening to this or you know of a man who... You, just let us know. Mm -hmm. I really want to understand from a man's perspective why they hate counseling so much. I think they get to a point where they get so comfortable putting in the bare minimum. And they don't want to put in the words. Like, because like when they're chasing you, they know the amount of work that they put in it. And they don't want that anymore. It's like, we're in it now. And... I don't want to put in the works. But he's suffering. He's also suffering. Yeah, Usually it happens when both partners are suffering. You are suffering. Yes, you, you want to do the bare minimum, but you're suffering. Yeah. You might as well just get help. And it's healthy and it's good 
for you not only for us but for you as well mm. and for our children if we do have children mm. so i don't know let us know guys what do you guys think about premarital counseling and counseling overall and to conclude i want to ask you leticia yeah where are you right now when it comes to marriage what are your thoughts on marriage and like in your personal life where are you are you ready for this thing or are you not what's happening um of course i'm not ready for it i am not <laughs> i am far from ready i am not even getting married in the next three four years i don't know you know what i'm saying yeah if i'm getting married i, I told yeah i'm not getting married anytime soon guys um marriage is a beautiful thing i believe yeah and I have a fairy tale, fairy tale love that I believe in, and people tell me it's not realistic. But everything I've ever wanted has always been a reality for me because I know the God that I serve. He doesn't serve the bare minimum. He, when he serves, you know, he he serves. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I believe in a fairy tale. I believe in my, you know, I believe in dating my man every day i believe our love just being refined every morning when we wake up you know i believe in the fairy tale i i believe in working through things together because we love each other like i don't believe in growing apart you know i want to you know grow together like whatever we do it should just draw us closer to each other like guys i i i know what it feels like to grieve life and i'm grieving right now i'm going through a grieving process so because i know that life is so precious and it only comes one time around i just want to do things the way i want to do it even if it takes time even if it means that i'm going to get married at 50 so be it if it means i get married i don't know when so be it but it has to be beautiful it has to be magical it it has to be what i want it's it has to be what I want or nothing. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. 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 I'll have to agree with that. I'll mm. have to agree with what you just said. Like, even for me, by the time you guys hear even this episode, I would have already turned 27. And mm. for most people, 27 is like, ah, you're so old. You should have been married by now. Da, da, da. But just a month ago and a few weeks, I was still living with my parents mm. and it's only now I've relocated and I'm finally going to live independently and I'm at the most selfish stage of my life because I feel like my life is starting now. I get to now live as an adult and make adult decisions. I think that is so important because when I was living with my parents, I was Yes, at my old big age, <laughs> I was still under my parents' care, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They looked out for me, which is beautiful. I think it's beautiful when your parents take care of you until, you know, you're ready to go. Not like, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So I think that's beautiful. But at the same time, I've always wanted to live for me, mm -hmm. make the mistakes that I need to make. Uh, and I know that living as an adult is not easy and it's not always fun. I know that. But I think as a person, there needs to be a time where you can just live for yourself. You're just selfish. You're learning about yourself. You're growing within yourself so that by the time you meet the one, you're okay. 
Yeah. Not you, you, you meet the one too early, mm. and then you start thinking about how life could have been mm. if you were single at that time. Because it happens, people get married, and it's like, oh my gosh, like if I was single at this time, I would have been doing this, I would have been doing that, and I don't want to experience that. It's only now that I'm gonna live independently, and I'm just gonna live selfishly. I don't have, I don't think I would actually look out for the next person. Mm. I'm sorry to say I wouldn't be able to look out for the next person I want to live for me I want to spread my wings And fly And even if I were to meet the love of my life today We're dating We're dating for the next Four or five years We're dating We're not getting married We're not I'm not ready for that Nope. I'm not I just I just want to make things a joke right now. Mm. No commitment. Yeah, no commitment. <laughs> My life starts now. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. I'm going to create a poll for this episode just to see where you guys at and some of your thoughts and ideas on marriage. I'm very interested to know that. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back with another episode next week. Bye. Bye.